Master Tavern Keepers, History of the Old World. Anyway, let us continue. So it was then that the Grand Master of the Arabian Order of Sorcerers, Muhammad ibn Hamuel al-Sadiq, entered the fray. But this is exactly the end that Jafar had orchestrated events to precipitate. For it was Muhammad ibn Hamuel who had expelled him from the order and it was against him in particular that Jafar desired revenge. Oh, yeah, I see. But uh, who was this Grand Master? I do not recognize his name. Ah, yes, we've not mentioned him before, don't worry. Well, Muhammad ibn Hamuel had been Master of the Order of Sorcerers for the previous 30 years. He is a most well-known, though, to those scant few in the old world who keep tabs on such things for ending the brutal tenure of the previous leader of the order, a grand mistress, the infamous sorceress Lanif, and her uh, reign was known as the caress of Lanif, for she was a woman whose power was matched only by her carnal appetites and her capriciousness. Someone who had uh, held mastery of the order for many, many years, as it happens, but still looked no older than 18 summers. Ach, I wouldn't mind knowing her a secret. Actually, I think it'd be safest if you did not. For although she was blessed with charms, youth and magical prowess, she used these gifts purely for power, personal gain and one-sided pleasure blackening her soul beyond redemption. Oh, yeah. Please, tell us more. It will be my pleasure. What happened was this. When Hamuel was a young sorcerer, he, like many before and after, had been seduced, abused, reduced, and tossed aside by Lanif. She was voracious. However, unlike most, he never got over it and brooded and brooded, eventually plotting murder most horrid. No easy task, though given his opponent. Anyway, to this end, Hamuel crept into the great reliquary beneath the fortress tower and stole an arcane item of great power before leaving the sorcerer's islands with his monkey, Petra. And then beginning his search of Araby for artifacts to empower him 
so that he might purge the canker in his heart and free the order from the iron-fisted temptress at its pinnacle. He first found what he sought in the eastern city of Karsabar, where he uncovered the vile black book of Ibn Nagazar. Ach, the black book of who? Now this fella too is not someone you've mentioned before, is he? The plethora of books and ibbons has made me a little bit, uh, muddled, I have to say. Ah, ah, ah. No, 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 no. We've not talked about him before. And perhaps it's worth mentioning that the reason you hear the name Ibn so much is because it simply means son of. Ach, does it now? Then we Albionites and the Arabians have something in common. We use the same kind of word. Although we say mach. For example, an old acquaintance of mine's name is Kerag Macbran, which means Kerag, son of Bran. Ah, I see. So you're right. Likewise in Arabic, Muhammad ibn Hamul means Muhammad, son of Hamul. Ach, snap then. <laughs> anyway, let us uh, continue. I think it's uh, worthwhile now leaving Muhammad ibn Hamul for the moment and talking about this black book of Ibn Nagazar. The Black Book of Ibn Nagazar is the lasting legacy of an ancient Arabian hermit sorcerer who had eschewed the prevalent study of elementalism in Araby and instead became obsessed with both the law and magics of death and shadow. This drove him away from his peers and he came to live out in the shadow of the city of Karsabar, on the border of the land of the dead, Nehekara. He soon garnered a reputation as being a brilliant, if somewhat maniacal, sorcerer whose advice, aid and elixirs were nonetheless sought out by the rich and well-to-do of the nearby Arabian city. For years and years he continued in this way, studying the dark arts under the tutelage of foul and mysterious forces all the while funded by the elites of Kasabar. However, the more he learnt, the more he found himself on a downward spiral, edging closer and closer to the precipice of madness, before, finally, diving headfirst into it. Was it the uh, isolation? Was it that his many potions had addled him? Or was it the demonic tutors and seducers that drove him into the pit of dark insanity. I cannot say, although probably it was uh, all three. Anyway, one day he disappeared. None in the nearby metropolis knew where he'd gone. Many thought that that was the end of him. The many were wrong, though. A year or so later, he returned, bearing a book. A black book, in fact. One in which was inscribed 
the darkest magic, a grimoire of the vilest spells of shadow and death, its pages made from human skin, its ink poisoned blood. Heart on his heels, stories came from the west and unto the ears of those in Kasabar. These were stories concerning the family of Ibn Nagazar. It was said that they were now all dead, poisoned at a feast in honour of the return of their prodigal son. Not only this, though. It was also said that their bodies had been drained of their blood and the skin had been flayed from their corpses. In the light of these rumours, he was invited to the Sultan's court under the pretense of advising the old man. Such an honour could not be ignored, nor could it be refused. But it was a trap. The palace guard attempted to take the sorcerer into custody in order to be transported back west and to answer for his crimes. However, Ibn Nagata had his book, and upon realising his predicament, he opened it and uttered a terrible curse. The nearest three guards immediately dropped down dead, their deaths fueling his spell, and, thus empowered, purpureal energy oozed out from his eyes, ears, nose and mouth, creating a suffocating miasma that enveloped his enemies and choked the very life out of them. By some quirk of fate, Lys left only the Sultan alive. The mad sorcerer opened up his tome at another page and pointed at his foe as he chanted, pulsating purple light wrapping around his forearms, sheathing them in powerful energy, as Ibn readied himself to tear the Sultan apart with superhuman strength. But no sooner had these powers begun to manifest when Ibn Nagazar felt invisible fingers draw him up on his toes, choking the very life out of him, and then throwing him to the ground, aged and withered. This was not the end, though, and his dead body continued to desiccate away until nothing remained. What happened, Master Tavernkeeper? Ah, well, you see, it is the power released at death that allows the spells of the Book of Ibn Nagazar to be cast. If there is no one who can be uh, sacrificed, then the Book will turn on the caster themselves and draw its power from them. This was the fate of Ibn Nagazar, and the fate of many who've tried to use the book since. Ugh, well, what do you expect when you enlist demons to help you write a book? Indeed, but despite these dangers, this is the book that Muhammad Ibn Hamuel sought out and eventually found. And with such potent spells at his fingertips, he was sure he could defeat his old mistress, Lenif. However, she had taken precautions 
as her list of enemies had grown over the years, and now habitually employed a pair of ancient Nehekaran Ushabti to protect her. How she had done this incredible feat had dumbfounded her peers, and further secured her position as a grand mistress of the order. Her Ushabti were as incorruptible as they were indefatigable, and were constantly on guard, saving her from the daggers and assassination plots of her many spurned lovers and rivals. But Hamuel's poisonous vengeance would not be denied, and in order to overcome this obstacle, he sought out yet another magical artifact, the ruby-eyed serpent staff of Qatar. Oh, yeah. By the gods, how did he secure that? Surely heading into one of the uh, cities of the dead is a death sentence. Indeed. But fortunately for Ibn Hamuel, the uh, staff was no longer in Qatar, having been stolen by tomb raiders years earlier. And with a, with a bit of investigation and a lot of coin, he was able to get his hands upon it in the city of Kasabar. As soon as he did, he immediately used it to hypnotise the sellers, and then they duly returned all of his money before being forced to turn themselves into the authorities for dealing in stolen goods. The Sultan's laws in that city are not lenient on such individuals, it is worth mentioning. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, that is cunning, if somewhat uh, dishonest. Indeed, Hamuel was no paragon of goodness and order, whether it was in his uh, motivations or his actions. However, it is testament to how eager were many to rid themselves of Lanif that he had members of the Order of Sorcerers willing to aid him. And so, it was with his black book and staff that he returned, and on a warm, rainy night in 1401, Hamuel was smuggled back to the main sorcerer's island of Al-Wahid. His allies had waited on the quay for him, and upon his arrival, quickly whisked him through the harbour town and into the central fortress tower. He and his four accomplices climbed the central staircase that led to the quarters of the Grand Mistress. Their way had been cleared by others of the order. Admittedly, those who lacked the courage to face Lanif herself, but were still eager enough to be rid of her. And so the quintet ascended the great tower fortress, climbing up the stone steps to the very top, until, at last, they reached the great double doors to the chambers of Lanif. Chambers each of them knew intimately, if only briefly. They did not knock, rather, they barged their way in. 
catching her astride a young supplicant of the order. Finishing the, uh, the appetizer. Uh, I suppose I'll just have to uh, try my best. Boy, get out. Get your robes and get out. I've finished with you. We are not here for Ajna's temptress. Hamuel, is that you? The years have not been kind to you. But it was at this very moment that she saw what he bore. Oh, but what wonderful gifts you've brought me, Hamuel. And with the click of her fingers, the naked sorceress summoned her Ushabti from the dark corners of her bedchamber. But Hamuel was ready and... Stepping forwards, he held up the serpent staff. Its red eyes glowed with power and the two guardian statues froze as the spirits of the dead bound within them were freed from their imprisonment, only to be yoked once more, rising up to swirl about Hamuel, now his hapless servants. But he did not rest upon his laurels and wasted not a moment, seeing that the sorceress too was beginning to summon up her powers. <laughs> Do you think me a defenceless wench, Hamuel? Do you think I ever needed bodyguards? And Hamuel knew the truth of her words and also knew he needed to act quickly. He opened up the Black Book of Ibn Nagazar as his allies distracted the Grand Mistress with spells of earth, fire, wind and water. <laughs> if this is all you boys have got, then your magical prowess is as unimpressive as your performance between the sheets. But Hamuel refused to be goaded and sent the spirit he had captured from the Ushabti to help restrain Lanif and sap at her iron resolve. Spells were cast, spells were dispelled, countered and nullified. Lanif held her own against her would-be assassins. That was until... It is the end for you now, Tempteress. And with these words, he fingered open one of the pages in his black book. I'm sorry, my brothers. Your sacrifice will be remembered. Leilaki al-Shamsi Zelios, Ana Astrad Ika. Leilaki al-Shamsi Zelios, Ana Astrad Ika. And as he spoke the magical words, he saw the life start to drain out of his fellow sorcerers 
as the book stole their souls to power the spell. And one by one, each dropped down dead at the feet of Hamuel, their betrayer. Hamuel grit his teeth and continued though, conjuring into existence a colossal orb a purple bathed darkness over the Grand Mistress, and Anif could do nothing but scream. <coughs> As a spike, a flare of dark energy pierced her through and turned her into crystal. But this was not the end, for the purple son of Zerius, the dark god of the ending, for that is what Hamuel had summoned, was still hungry. Fear now gripped the sorcerer, and he slammed the black book shut. Yet still the purple sun persisted. However, he had anticipated this possibility, and preparations had been made. He hurriedly whipped out a tiny whistle that hung about his neck, and blew hard. And in but moments, in scampered his monkey, Petra. It knew what to do and pulled out a dark black orb from its tiny rucksack. The looming purple sun gazed upon it in anger, but as it moved to suck the life from Hamuel and Petra, it began to dissipate away. The nearer it got, the more it dispersed, until it was no more, and Hamuel was left as the new master of the Order of Sorceress. My goodness, what a tale! But uh, what was that black orb that the monkey whipped out, by the way? Ah, now that was a null stone, a dark void. An unsettling patch of absolute nothingness that nullifies magic about it. A rarefied item of unknown origin. Ah, oh, which usually means it was made by the old ones. <laughs> Indeed. If ever there is a mystery that cannot be solved, it can usually be answered by uh, pointing the finger at the old ones.